Welcome back to the Why Not Us podcast. My name is Carter Kramer, my good friend Mike McGowan here to my left. And uh, we've got a really, really special guest today, Magda Khalifa. So uh, Magna, thank you so much for doing this. You have a wonderful story. You've got a great book as well that we want to talk about a little bit and a lot of different uh, aspects that we want to dive into today. So I usually ramble on a little bit at the beginning of these, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, so Magda, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Um, you are a first generation uh, immigrant into the United States, correct? No, I, I'm not an immigrant. I was well, born here. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Sorry. I said that really in a really terribly. That but uh, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Me so much for not rambling right? yeah. on. <laughs> I'm an American. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so my parents both immigrated here in the late 60s from two different countries, from Egypt and Colombia. And they met in New uh -huh. York City. So I I was born here and yeah, they started a family and I was their firstborn. So awesome. Awesome. We love it. Mike and I talk a lot about the importance of immigration and how it's important. It's been, you know, to the industrialization of the United States. Yeah. And um, obviously that's a huge topic in today's right. world. And then, gosh, we wish we could find a, a happy place in there somewhere where it wasn't all or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, they were definitely legal immigrants. I'll just disclaimer. <laughs> you're still here so that's great that's right. yeah that's right that's right okay so uh so but, tell but, us but a go new ahead. york city kid right yeah 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 I, so north jersey so i could get to oh. Times square 11 minutes was my fastest uh trip over there you go. Wow. 4 30 in the morning not a lot of traffic um used to do some extra work you know extras you know as you know like mm -hmm. for commercials it was new york okay. city yeah it was great you know and yeah real early so i remember that was you know, from door to door, door to location. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So cool. childhood in, in New Jersey, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, going to school. You know, was it a, you were in a large school, a small school. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, it was a suburban school, you know, nothing unusual. Uh, you know, this was in the seventies and eighties. So just very typical seventies and eighties. Um, you know, I talked about in my book, uh, some of the challenges I had as, as an outlier, as a misfit, you know, but that's kind of like those things made me who I am today. And it's funny because I had forgotten about them. You go on in life. Right. Sure. Um, but when I was writing the book, I like literally took time to think back, you know, what was it like growing up? And, yeah. and I remember, you know, those were some, uh, maybe some pivotal moments that like really define me, which, which, which is really good. That's capability, you know, um, which is really cool. But outside of that, uh, thankfully, you know, my parents, you know, were together. I know that's not always the case for people um, mm. today and, and for a long time. Right. So I was I was lucky in that respect, you know, um, but I it had its, you know, challenges as well. You know, uh, parents from two different cultures who were assimilating into America, who, you know, maybe, you know, had different um, styles of, and, and, you know, as the firstborn, you know, I'm the one trying to figure how can I get forth in my endeavors and what I was trying to do? Sure. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were good with communication. They were always like, they ended up being on the same page. So it's okay. It just made me figure out um, how I could become a solution provider to problems that I had, you know, whether it's a uh, more telephone time, you know, remember the phones that were like with cords. Attached? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, little exactly. things like that. you know, I mean, you know, um, getting to watch, uh, was it Duke, Dukes of Hazard and the, and the rerun late at night? Yes. Yeah. 
off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that. funny. I didn't remember that too. That. Laying on my grandparents' yeah. floor on yeah, the yeah. shag carpet. Yeah, yeah. Trying to hide under the couch so they didn't see you. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It's so funny. It's really interesting, Magda, because you being from New York and I, you know, you talked about the kind of being an outlier. I mean, in New York is kind of a melting pot of the United States. So, I mean, Tell us how that was. I mean, I you know I grew up and went to school in Iowa, where there's very it's very low population density, and it's very um, what's the word I want to look for? There's not a lot of of culture um, where I come from, right? It's just kind of the way the settlement worked here with agriculture and whatnot. So tell me a little bit about that when you're school and what that meant, because I again I kind of picture it just being a little bit more diverse than than what I was used to, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it is. Back then it was still okay. That particular town I grew up in in Bergen County was still. Um, maybe not as diverse in population. So, but wow. what I refer to as, um, you know, what, what made me an outlier, I was, you know, like how schools have the cutoff. So you're either, you know, you could be part of the aggregate of, you know, the general age for a certain year, or you were the youngest or the sure. oldest. I, I was the youngest. I was also the smallest, you know, so, ah. um, right. So like when you're a kid, you know, those things kind of, you know, sometimes are apparent. Um, you know, and, and just, I don't know, I did, I just wasn't part of the cool kids club. You know, I had, um, I wasn't given free reign, like a lot of my peers were to do things. And, you know, I think it was part of the, the girl, what was it? Not the Girl Scouts right before the Girl Scouts. Um, oh yeah. Like there's, um, brown, brownies, brownies, brownies. Yes. Right, yes. Right. And, and, you know, they had I a, heard about that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, thought about that a long time. And, um, you know, they had a, a, I guess it was a camping trip or something like that, but I wasn't allowed to, you know, stay overnight and do that. So I wasn't, you know, in the, in the click, if you will, of gotcha. you know, little things like that, you know, um, so kids are going to be kids and they're going to pick on you sure. and, you know, maybe my last name and maybe my first name at the time, you know, um, also added to it, but that's okay. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I'm very fortunate that my dad, especially in particular, well, both of them, but, you know, I remember his words and I wrote them in my book, you know, like, you know, um, you don't let people run you over. I mean, that's not what he said. He said some really cool things that just stuck with me for the rest of my life. And yeah, I embodied that. And I like, you know, kind of had this, you know, it's also North Jersey, right? So you have like yeah. all around, right? <laughs> so even as like a nine-year-old or, you know, whatever I was at that time, you know, when I got um picked on and the fight at school and everything, you know, like I held my own, you know? And then yeah, you good for you, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, it's kind of cool because again, that's something- you don't think about until yeah later when I was trying to think back to it and yeah. and um it's kind of been a metaphor for um you know a lot of things in life I've been an outlier and I look at that as a strength actually yeah, absolutely um, not, yeah. yep not being maybe part of the collective which we can translate to being sheep sometimes yeah sure yeah, so, sure. yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that i was i was yeah. interested in your parents and and how they brought you up and maybe some of the strictness or some of the values that were instilled and it's great to hear that that some of that is coming back into your life as you've grown and and you're able to use that moving forward now those are life mm -hmm. lessons that as a nine or nine or ten or 18 year old yeah you you not only do you not appreciate it but you oftentimes revolt against it right yeah. Oh, yeah, I revolted. I oh, oh, I revolted. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, as I became a teenager, not so much as a child, but as a teenager and everything. Um, yeah, I revolted for sure. But I was still a good kid, you know, it, 
definitely by today's standards. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, well, you, you mentioned sticking up for yourself and Mike and I have talked about this too. I think in society today, we've almost made it, you know, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost kind of uh, looked down upon to stand up in yourself yeah. in certain situations, right? And to stand up against the, certain things that, you know, because of things you believe in or, you know, boundaries that maybe you have, mm -hmm. that's something I, f I wish this country would get back to you. Right. Yeah. It's kind of that. Cause we, I think in, uh, you look in history, there was a lot of hard nosed kids, you know, born and raised in the United States and, 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 and immigrants too, right. That came here that were fighting for a better life and trying to do the right thing, feed their families and other things. And all of a sudden now we've kind of got this soft, you know, kind of sissy attitude, I think with some of those things. And yeah. I, I think for all of us, that I think for a lot of people, I know anyway, that have created really strong success and not just financial success, but, you know, family success and other things, they've been through some really difficult times in their life, right? They've had some level of trauma. And those are the people that I feel like really bring something to the table and have that grit. And I almost feel like we're trying to wash that out of kids in the United States today. And I, it really bugs me. I don't know if you notice that too, or if that's just me, but yeah, I, I'm not a parent, but my goodness, I just can't believe that, like how the world has changed, how politically correct everything has become and how, like you said, we've washed that out. I mean, you know, you I'm grateful for the uh, proverbial, you know, quote, scars of challenges in life that yes. made me who I am. And it's, it's really a capability. It's really a blessing. You know, I can appreciate it now, you know. So yeah. Yeah. So fun going through it, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, I feel kind of bad or sorry for folks who never really were tested, you know, and grew up and just never really had challenges because when they get hit, it's a lot harder to be yeah. resilient and, and to push through, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, and that's not like that internal fortitude, like you either have it or you don't, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. I developed it as I, as I, from a child, you know, as I grew up, but what was it that developed it? Yes. I think, you know, having strong parents, you know, both strong in, in their own rights, you know, yeah, um, not always the most fun thing when I was a kid, you know, right? but, <laughs> sure. you know, um, but, but, but oh, I'm so grateful, but, but the challenges, the experiences like that has really served me the best in so many parts of life, you know, so grateful for that. My goodness, you know? Yeah. We, we talked about that in that second episode we ever did that government overreach and, and, the, yeah. and the, the will of of institutions or or government or school boards to put language into something for not the right reasons but for themselves when yeah because we we we're not allowed to do that anymore we're, we're not supposed to do that anymore we're not supposed to stick up and yeah yeah thing. and not to digress but you you mentioned you know kind of the as you develop kind of that strength or that ability to overcome and adapt I think that compounds, right? It's like you, sure. you have one small win as a child, you you all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, I did it, right? I was able to overcome this. And then yeah. those challenges Often. as they come forth, I think I was able to believe in myself more by going through some of those things, right? And and getting out the other side, like you said, it, it sucks going through it, but you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I did it, right? I survived, I was able to go through this. And then challenges, I think are less scary at that point going forward. I think I was like- well, belief in myself. Well, I mean, it's it's it can be it can be one of many things, right? It can be team sports as a kid, right? It can be joining the military and being part of a team, right? It can be those things in the younger years, right? Yeah. Now that we're at an advanced age, <laughs> we are. Yeah. But that's so. I want to move on to that, right? So you're so there you are, and and now and now it's a little later in your life, right? You're not a kid anymore. You're married. You're doing well. You know, living a decent life. You're around New York City, and New York City, and 9/11 happens. So talk about that experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Married. Um, we we uh we married young, but uh, he was a former Marine, and um, we both work in IT, so that was a booming industry in the '90s. And and yeah, we were <laughs> we were actually going to go on a cruise, um, the week after uh, 9/11, you know, mm -hmm. down South Pacific. And mm -hmm. I remember the night before, you know, sitting, uh, looking at the brochures. You know, internet wasn't as big as it is today, right? Like looking, yeah. planning this, like you know. We worked hard. We had a good life, right? Mm -hmm. We made our life. And then the next morning, and here's the thing. He he wasn't there that day, but he had an office in the 101st floor of the World oh, Trade Center. Wow. So was, yep, yep. They had three different locations, so he wasn't at the World Trade Center location. So that was rough. Um, the company he worked for um, had the second highest uh, loss of, of employees, mm. a second to Cantor Fitzgerald. So... It, wow. it was, I mean, it was just, it, I can't it, imagine that would shake you well, to the bones. Yeah. I feel like you know, I, I'll be honest. Like if, if we look at the events that have unfolded in Israel the past few days, yeah, a lot of it just, you know, remind me of um, some of the feelings I had when 9-11 happens and when mm -hmm. I can, you know, see and hear and smell and everything, you know, because oh. that was like the first introduction to seeing some evil out there, right? And yeah, and like, you know, here it is reincarnating itself in a, in a, a different location, yeah. as well, but evil's evil, right? That's and, right. Um, yeah, yeah, and like that whole, you know, like myself, like many people worldwide, you know, mm -hmm. um, have you know, it's like a gut punch, and you're you're kind of in shock, you know, like it's happening, right? And just like the events continue to unfold, and then it, you know, more, you know, as we learned, other, you know, the Pentagon was hit, and the other plane went down, you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, everything started to unfold. And there's so many unknowns and everything. I mean, there's so many parallels there, and um, yeah, it was just, you know, went through the whole um shock to let's try to do something you know i remember we wanted to donate blood you know like that was the first thing we thought we could do but there weren't enough survivors they weren't taking uh blood anymore they had enough you know bank, mm. blood bank to mm. um you know like you couldn't eat you couldn't eat you know you, you're just it was this surreal stage you know we're watching events on television but walk outside to the balcony and you could see you know the smoke oh, you know, yeah i can't imagine a couple miles up to the places we went to, you know, yeah. over and just full on a site, you know, it was, it was horrible. It was so bad. And, you know, um, you know, that period of time lasted and I just, you know, as we learned, you know, we learned what was going on, right. Yeah. It wasn't an accident, but as we learned what was going on, that just like ate at me and I like needed to do something, you know? Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, I decided to go, um, enlist and serve and do my part to you know fight terrorism and global war on terror yeah good for you by the way and thank you for your service i know you hear that all the time and i know mike we talk about that but genuinely i have a huge amount of respect for that because so many people don't right and and it's just a it's a powerful thing when somebody says hey i'm i can't sit on my hands in this situation i need to do something so good for you and and something you should be really proud of well, yep. you know, it's the right thing to do. I mean, when you love your country so much, you know, yeah. I love that city, you know, I mean, that's my roots for that. I was 29 years old. So, you know, I was an adult, a young adult, but, or whatever, you know, youngish adult, but, you know, love life, 
love everything about that city and just mm. there was i mean all right now obviously it's probably at its lowest point ever <laughs> between uh the rats the illegals and everything else going on yeah. right but but yeah amazing you know and it wasn't yeah. just the city it was america right yeah and, um i mean just indescribable so so yeah. it's interesting because you as a first generation american and, and having you know parents who immigrated and and that sense of and I did dare I say it nationalism, right? Or that mm -hmm. sense of, you know, I love my city and I love my country. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the polls today and you look at some of the the younger generations today, and that does not exist anymore. Yeah, or where did that does, go? If it does, it's in such small supply, right? It, yeah. It, it doesn't seem to be at the levels that it was it, It's not. It's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, well, we, we see it. We see enrollment, you know, in the military branches yeah. all are way, way down, you know, I mean, in so many different levels and yeah. So anyway, that's probably a whole nother discussion, but kind of keep, keep taking us through the steps. So you enlist um, and tell us kind of the the steps going forward from there of kind of what happened after you enlisted and, and, and into Iraq and what have you. Yes. And a deployment. Yeah, I mean, so obviously like you don't go ship out the next day, you know, so right. I had to wait till they had a spot open so that I could go to uh, army basic training and then um, what we call in the army AIT, you know, our advanced school to learn my craft, if you will. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and then um, went back to my unit of Staten Island, New York. And I said, okay, I'm ready to go. Like I just trained, I'm ready, I'm ready, send me, you know? And yeah. um, they, they didn't have, like it was, a, uh, it was called Civil Affairs Command. So um, they, they weren't going just yet. They ended up going the following year. So I said, can you send me with another unit? Like the first one that's available. So there was another unit out of uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I deployed mm -hmm. with them. Um, in we hit Iraq in uh 2004, February 2004. Okay, so, okay, yeah. So, um, you know, so it takes time, you know, they have to sure. train you, equip you, sure, and sure. You know, yeah, have to organize you, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so so went to that deployment, and you know, right off the bat, wow, um, like four days after we got there, my battle buddy was, was killed, you know, mm. Nicole Fry, right? Specialist Nicole Fry, so. Um, and others in the convoy were injured, you know, so it was just kind of like, whoa, that was very sobering very early on, you wow. know, we had the soft skin Humvees at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, due to the logistical fog of war, you know, we were separated, like, you know, they brought our unit in and obviously we were parched out in teams all over the country. Well, um, there was a first sergeant that like, again, like I said, I was older, I was you know, 20, probably 30, 31 uh, at that time, you know, by that, by that point I had skills, you know, and, mm -hmm. and he wanted to bring me back to work at the Tikrit headquarters and like in some admin role of like, are you kidding me? Like I didn't you know, <laughs> like heck no. I, I was pissed. So, okay. So they were making arrangements to um, get me down to, you know, link up with her and was going to be part of that team. And she was killed before I got down there. So, um, no. yeah. so like the level of like guilt you have, you know, um, just from the get-go, yeah. you know, in many ways it, it you know, it, 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 it was just crazy. It was just crazy. And it, it was, um, yeah, that was rough. You know, she was 19, you know, um, yeah. man, yeah. it was, it was rough. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when I hear, you know, like later on in life, they're like, Oh, you know, women didn't get in combat arms until, whatever, 2011, 12, whatever it was. It, but don't like ignore the fact that women were killed in combat 
earlier, you know, like yeah. all back beginning of the war, you know, and yeah. many of them were in civil affairs, which at the time, um, up until 2000, late 2006, 2007, um, it was the only reserve unit and it was, that was under special operations. So we trained out of Fort Bragg along with PSYOP, that, that was our sister unit. Mm-hmm. So um, we ran the numbers of uh, civil affairs soldiers that were, you know, killed. And it was really high because you're out there, you're not sitting behind on a, on a fob, you know, you are mm-hmm. going out, you are um, basically engaging the local populace and you often fall in on whichever, you know, unit you're attached to. So if they're going out, you're going out with them, like by any means, you know, mm, and, sure. um, sometimes you're going out, you know, just organically with your team and say the PSYOP team and an SF team, you know, so um, you were out there a lot, but we weren't trained at the level, like, well, we were trained at the level, you know, um, to say more so than a general purpose force at the time, we weren't trained at the level of like a direct action force. We weren't, you know, ammo, you know, it was like, you know what I mean? So, so, but the thing is this, you found yourself in uh, very vulnerable situations. Right, sure. And what I noticed, because I went back again in 2006, 2007, so context and contrast, you know, I can see at that point, they had opened the floodgates to, you know, um, to fulfill the needs and the yep. demand for civil affairs teams to sure. forces. So people who didn't necessarily want to be in that role out and about meeting with local populace, doing what we do, you know, we're put in those positions and we'll put yep. in leadership positions yep. and we had a lot of problems. So, um, I wow. mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it goes back to the soft truths, you know, human yeah. and then hardware, you know, like you can't violate these truths. They exist for a reason, you know, just like basic fundamentals and principles of war, you know, and, yeah. you know, yeah. So as someone who was in two, you know, two different times, same location, more or less, but under you know different circumstance, you can really see the difference. Yeah. So wow. And and so so you you mentioned in your book, and and I and I read some of those some of those pages there, and, and talked about during the surge is when you left the next time, um, and and you necessarily didn't want to go, but what your time was up. I mean, and and I've I've seen those scenarios before. So just give us give us what happened with you and that story. Nothing happened. It's just we you know our rotation. time. Yeah, yeah it, the whole unit, we had to head back, you know, yeah. needs of the military. And they were like, okay, one year. So boom. And then our year was up. So wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but it's funny because, uh, and the reason I ask is because there's sometimes that you don't want to go and you have to, there's sometimes you really want to go and they won't let you. Right. right it's, yeah. it's, it's really funny how it's odd how that kind of that dynamic is, is in play all of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I work with a lot of people who wanted to go and couldn't go just yet. Yeah, and, you know, I can tell you that's a liability. Oh because, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, working with rock stars, it's it's great. You know, they have your back, but when their head's mm-hmm. not in the game, excuse me, it's it, it's uh, very uh, dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So talk about the transition back. So you come home, you transition <laughs> out. Not easy, right? Tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us a story. Had a week. Had a week of. Yeah. Um, excuse me um a week of coming back and like doing your admin going to dental whatever right and at the same point we had those cnn on the you know we were in the little trailers you're waiting your turn to do your admin and you see cnn on the television and um you see the uh news report of bbids 
uh, some schools in the province you were just in. You're like, holy shit, I know who that was, you know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, <clears throat> you're like, man, that guilt, just everything. Yeah. You know? Not like you could have changed things, but it's like, that was your family. You just got ripped out of the womb and, and uh. you don't know the names and you can't contact anyone because of course, you know, the um, communications is black, you know? Yeah. yeah. We didn't deploy with cell phones. Like, I don't know what, you no. know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was just, no, 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 like OSEC was actually better in some ways, but, um, so yeah, so that happened and then, um, okay. Made it back to North Jersey and, um, was going through a divorce and, um, you know, this is, uh, 2007 and, uh, left New Jersey and divorce in the works. And I did, thankfully, um, I think because I was older and I did have, you know, um, skills, I guess you could say. I did find a job um, through a colonel that was at my unit that had retired, and I worked as a defense contractor. So that's the one thing I had going right in my life was I had a nine to five, and I was supporting warfighters, um, training the Navy and helping them stand up their civil affairs unit. Oh, which okay. Was really oh, okay. Cool. So like that was cool in many ways. But then mm. five o'clock or when we weren't doing FTXs over the weekend down at Blackwater's, you know, headquarters, like, oh yeah, you're just back to your world of trying to figure everything out. You know, health issues, issues started kicking in. You're like, what's wrong with me? I'm not yeah. old. What happened? Yeah. You know, and your, your, your context, of course, remember at the time we had so many amputees and people that were burned badly and lost their eyesight, like physically maimed. And, you know, so you think you're, you're fine. You're good to go. Like just figure out the next chapter. Right. But then right. Yeah. start happening. You're like, what's going on here? We didn't have answers back then. Yeah, you it's know? my only it's my only chance of survival when Mike tries to mess mess with me is I can run away from him still because yeah. of some of the some of the bodily that you know. <laughs> it's not that that's funny, but I mean yeah. it's not funny, but I mean honestly, you know, I see it. You know, Mike's still a fairly young guy and he's obviously very physically capable, but I mean he's pretty, he's openly talked about, you know, it's, it's really hard on people. And like you said, because of the magnitude of some of the folks that are coming back with really, really horrendous injuries, it kind of gets like, Oh, well, you're still walking and you're still standing and you can so, still so speak. You're so you're fine. Yeah. Right. And you're fine. You're it's fine. really unfortunate that that's how it's looked at. And people just kind of forget that there's a lot of other things going on there, both I think yeah. mentally and physically, right. That are just kind of going, you know, just swept under the rug. Well, yeah. And well, that, that impacts your assimilation back into that civilian. Life. Absolutely. And particularly for you, right, Magda, because you're now working with a, a government contractor. So you're still kind of in the world, but then you're not in the world, but then you're back in the world. And so assimilation back and plus going through a traumatic experience like divorce and and doing those kinds of things, it's really, really difficult. And there's all kinds of research you know, Pew Research, what have you, that talks about assimilation back into civilian life. And 27% of veterans have a really, really hard time with it. And when you talk about combat veterans, yeah, it's it's up to 40 plus percent. So mm-hmm. it, it's something that is is a definite, and today it's it's just as, I mean, remember Brian White, we talked with Brian yeah. White, and he talked about a lot of people that who are getting out of the service now, they never knew anything before 9-11 right. because they were born around that time. They joined 2010, maybe, or or whatever the case might be. 
We're so, old. <laughs> we're, we're old, right? I, I got out in 2002 after nine years, right? So, yeah, yeah. So like it's, it, yeah. And so it, it's that assimilation back, that transition back. So let's, let's, let's move it forward just a little bit and talk about when you finally kind of came up, right? And you finally f- figured it out for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and you got back on your feet, however you want to say that. Tell us about dream. Tell us about how that all came together. Tell us about writing your book and what what kind of, you know, how that was therapy almost or therapeutic for you to, to write. And kind of give us give give us all that. Well, it, it was just I was doing things, taking actions that I needed to take to improve my life. Um, number one, health, health, first and foremost, uh, mm-hmm. radical changes, you know, like obsessed with clean living. Right. And going back to some of the, like the health issues I was talking about, like, I didn't know, like all these exposures that we were exposed to were contributing to some of these, uh, health problems that I was having. And there's still, there's still some there, right. I haven't fixed everything. Right. You know, but, um, through health, right. Through a very, very focused, uh, concentration and effort on, on improving my health overall. Right. Um, I was able to improve my mind like we t- we know now we know now about the gut brain access right we mm. know now about you know toxins in in our environment like we didn't know about those things i remember you know we th- just the berm pits right like we didn't really think anything of it it kind of stunk and that was that and you know oh, yeah. wow like how many veterans have died of really weird horrible cancers the mm. inhalation yeah right yeah. yeah it's like we didn't know any of that stuff the, the water bottles the plastic water bottles which we were chugging all day and on top they were sitting there you know getting all you know every all that plastic leaching into them you know like, yeah baking right, out the sun for who knows how long yeah yeah like all that stuff's coming into your body so even though i was like fit in like a trim healthy strong capable kind of way your internal body was starting to you know um decompose you know yeah, like yeah. dna right had been affected from all of this stuff anyway so to answer your question i um i started with the health and i took deliberate steps to um to improve my life and what i i think the most important part is i didn't allow myself to go down the paths that would have been uh served as band-aids to fix problems okay. like right, stubborn right that jersey stubborn right yeah it's a place so, so you're talking about like drugs alcohol some of those Anything things like that yeah, yeah. okay yeah. okay yeah that's I mean, what i thought I, mean, I just wanted to make sure that was kind of the yeah, path you were going yeah. down yeah and, yeah and, and that's I so think, common right we see that in so many well, cases see it all the time yeah and, absolutely and here's here's something i just thought of because again like it's funny we were talking about this in the beginning i was a little kid i had to learn how to how to be a survivor and and strong and resilient Right. And like, I think that's where that, you know, seed really grew and blossomed because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of like, you know, suffering and silence going on there. Yeah. I knew enough to know that I had to go through that process and believe that I could heal and that the next day could be better. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, just thinking about it now, maybe because we just talked about that, you know, at the beginning of this, um, Mm -hmm going back to being a kid it's like the same concept like if i could just make it through you know the semester ends in two months and you know da, 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 like all the you know like i'll be starting you know high school and it'll be new people and everything you know like little things like that right yeah like, yeah or, focusing on the positive yeah well yeah but also taking actions to get to the next day and so here's the thing um there 
there obviously were veterans like gen- different generations that went before us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, back then, like 2007, I didn't know any female combat veterans. Uh, who, sure, who, well, there were right? like, I was going to say, yeah, you were a pioneer. Right? Like, we were right like now. the first wave-ish of them. Yeah. Yep. So that was like a whole other level of trying to be a civilian female again, now single, right? After divorce, right? Yeah. Just, everything was coming down. <laughs> but but I realized now, you know, now, um, you know, I was able to push through or, you know, and that's why I wrote the book. That's why yeah. I wrote the book to serve others and help them through whatever their struggle is. It didn't, doesn't have to be a veteran, but just to show that like, Hey, so, so American dream, right. Um, right yes. Yep. So the D is discipline, resilience, endurance, adaptability, and mentorship. Very deliberate yep. Very yeah. yep. to succeed and win in life. Right. So to succeed and win in life, so important because it's all about getting control of your life. When you have control of your life, your outside world could be chaotic, but you have clarity and you have the ability to push through much more smoothly with less collateral. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the points I'm trying to share with others in the book. I mean, um, it literally got to the point I surrounded myself. I had to let go. Like I, I used to be part of a a veteran motorcycle, you know, combat veteran motorcycle group and rode a lot, rode my motorcycle a lot. And that was a lot of fun and very therapeutic, of course, you know, and, and it's almost like having a team around you, you know, because obviously you're, right. you know, riding in formation, there's a high element of danger and, you know, so safety there, but you know, you know, the guy to your, you know, caddy quarter to you has your back and so on and so forth. Right. So there was a lot of like camaraderie there, you know, but I have to say, also, too, there were, there were a lot of um, maybe not so healthy, wonderful um, things that were associated with <laughs> healthy, <Yeah>. wonderful. <laughs> we know some bikers, don't we, Mike? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it was a lot of fun. I won't yeah. lie. I won't lie. But, you know, I, I needed to kind of, you know, just personalities over time, you know, personalities. There's um, anyway. Yeah. I, mean, I, well, I had to leave that and go to surround myself with an environment of people that would probably serve me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to heal and become a better person person and evolve as well. Yeah. And and from that and from I mean you've started I mean you can see in your background triangle fragrance you started your your small business entrepreneur. Yeah, right? talk to us about that a little bit cuz we love that part. Yeah, so the book came out in October 2019. Okay. Um mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting little I mean I'll use the word prophetic like first couple of pages the issues I talked about to frame you know, the context of why I was writing the book mm-hmm. and it's funny how it happened. It was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. who knew, right. Who knew? Right. So, so I wrote the book and then I realized not everybody's going to get to the end of the book. I'm not everybody's going to read a book. And I said, the value I have in here, it's, it's codified in something introduced to the world called freedom triangle, right. With the three mm-hmm. points, time, freedom, health, freedom, and mind freedom. And I'm like, how am I going to get this to people? Cause I know this can serve people change yeah. lives. And, you know, keep them from going down alternate paths that may not serve them, right? So I thought I need a physical product, a physical product that person could purchase. You know, it's got to be luxurious and powerful. It's got to be for men and for women. So I thought of Triangle Fragrance, and that is inspired by that freedom triangle in the book. So awesome that you've incorporated all of that with the book, you know, your experience, the book, the fragrance, like 
Love that. I love that. So and he's and to, to, to your, and I didn't tell him this, but you're going to love this. She's out on the road doing shows. Yeah, I know how you love trade shows. Oh man. That's how I made my money. Yeah. 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 Like she's out that's there hustling. Like, it was hard, it's hard to kind of, it's kind of schedule this. Yeah. To yeah. What she has going on this week. So, well, we obviously, yeah. we obviously want to help promote this too. And I saw, I was looking cause I was pulling some excerpts from the book and I'm excited cause I obviously hadn't had a chance to read the whole book. So I'm really excited to read the whole thing, but I'm going to order. It looks like you can order like an autographed copy from you. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I have that. So now I have to have one of those now that I've had the opportunity. So I super thought that was super cool too, that you can order one of those. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got to try. So tell us about the figures. You said it's men and women. Yeah. yeah. So I have two for men, uh, two for men. Two for women and then okay. peace and freedom are unisex. And that's dance, that's the pinnacle of mind freedom, you know, of that freedom. Uh, freedom of America. And it stands for inner peace and personal freedom. When you have that, you have control of your life. It's so glorious. It's amazing. So each of them come with their own collector's card. Here's a bottle of peace and yeah. a collector's card. And it ties back to the freedom triangle in the book. So the idea is you spray and read the card, maybe put it in your wallet or bathroom mirror and their unique sense, you know, it, it was, um, you know, it was important to create them that way so that uh, they correspond with like the point of self-help that's on here. Ah. So there's, I don't think there's, I know there's no other self-help fragrance out there. Yeah. Uh, let alone made, cool in USA, yeah. made in yep. USA, hundred percent believe in US manufacturing and making uh, American goods and services. Um, you know, clean beauty, which essentially means, see, this ties back to what we we're talking about, made without the toxins, right? That are very yeah. common in our consumed right. goods. Why? Because I've already breathed enough toxins in Iraq, right? Yeah. I've had health issues. Why am I going to create something with that in there? You know, like it just doesn't, that that's part really, doesn't make sense, right? Wow. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah it is cool. excellent. That's very cool. Um, I think we're getting close on yeah, time, yeah, but I wanted to ask time. Magda, is there anything else that you want to touch on yeah, really quick that we didn't touch? Or leave our audience with something that, that you know, you, you really wanted to say. Yeah, well, they need to tune in to your show on a regular basis if it's not already. <laughs> we love <laughs> that. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. No, well, you guys are power well, couple of podcasts. And I mean that in a platonic way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, he always gives you this weird look. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Magda, again, just really, really awesome story and really, really appreciate your time knowing how busy you are and you know your willingness and ability to tie some of these things together and to tell your story is such a big deal because I, you know, one of the things we talked with Brian White and some of the things I'm learning, right, is that it's hard sometimes to be that person that speaks first. I think we kind of wait sometimes for people to say, Hey, you know, I need help. And and that doesn't happen very often. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. So, so God bless you for, you know, kind of raising your hand and telling yeah. your story and saying, Hey, I've been through some of these struggles, but you're living, breathing proof that you can get to the other side and work your way through that kind of that one more step situation. Yeah. It just, it keeps kind of ringing true to me. And, um, and how you've connected all of these things and kept that really strong, you know, powerful story through all of the things that you're touching right now. It's super, super cool and beautiful. Yeah. So, um, something you should be very proud of, and we can't wait to help promote Absolutely. some of that as well. Uh, let's do a little bit of that right now. So our audience can go to American dream, where you can purchase, you can purchase the paperback version, the Kindle version, the autograph signed hard copy yes. version. You can also sign up for Magda's newsletter and you can read a little, just a little bit about the, the American dream and, and the triangle of freedom, right? Like, or the freedom triangle, the freedom excuse triangle. me. Yep. Um, so, so and American, then, American and then, book, the And then triangle fragrance, Magda, tell people where they can go to uh, order your fragrances and how they can shop for that stuff and where they can find it. 
Absolutely. Uh, Trianglefragrance.com. And if, uh, you know, they can look at the different notes of each scent, they could reach out to me if they have any questions. And if they'd like to try, I have a discovery set, which has samples of all of them. So that way. They oh, very cool. That's cool. Very cool. Love it. AmericanDreamTheBook.com. Yeah. We're getting yep. close to that time of the year where people are buying gifts and uh, yeah. True. So it's That's a good time to check some of this out. So Magna, thank you so much again. And you, uh, beautiful story. Keep up the great work. And uh, we cannot wait to, to get this out to the public and we can't wait to speak to you hopefully again sometime here in the new future and see how things are going. Yes. indeed. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, brothers. I really appreciate appreciate this. Absolutely. Yes. Talk soon. Take Take care. Oh, well, there we go. We're good. All right. We're back. And we're back. After the break. That was cool, man. Great story, right? Great story. And uh, gosh, she's got a lot. I feel like we could have talked to her for so long. She had so many interesting aspects yeah. of her life and how many, you know, Magna's obviously been through a lot. Yeah. Um, but we are, we're limited on time because of our audience span of attention. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, listen, I know that at some point we have to be able to like, you know, viewership, yes. percentage yes, views right. and links. So again, as it's- we try to navigate through this whole podcast thing, that's really because of guys like me where I'm like, dude, I can't listen to this shit for two and a half hours. So, you know, I, so I, I do all of the statistical stuff. Yeah. It's average consumption. Ah, and we're yeah. like 85%. It's, it's high. I've noticed it's that. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I couldn't listen to me Did for that long. Did you she called us like a dynamic. She said something. Yeah, dynamic duo. Gonna die. Dynamic duo. Yeah, dynamic yeah. duo. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. That's obviously, she watches the pod, man. She, yeah, she. I when, when I when I first talked to her, it was funny because she's like, "Oh yeah, I've seen one or two, and now she's done like most she's, of them." Yeah. yeah, which is cool. No, she. Uh, is I, cool. I thought she was great, man, and and what a great story. Yeah. And um, you know, we we have now been able to communicate pretty in, in, a, in a, you know, in this format, which is a little different than just running to somebody on the street. Right. Right. But it's great, man, to hear from some of these combat veterans that have, that have, you know, built a very successful civilian life and they're still building it and they're still working on it and kind of how they look at things. And, you know, right. dude, to me, this is like, this is hope, bro. This yeah. is, these are the people yeah. that, you know, cause, cause we do uh, hear a lot about the, there's a lot of really shitty statistics, man. And there's a there lot are. of bad things going on. There right. Yep. And it's great to just kind of have that breath of fresh air of, Hey, here's somebody that went through the same struggles. Wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't some magic fairy dust that right. just, they had, right. they had a better chance. And so it was like, dude, they went through the grind. They went through the struggle. They had to learn the hard way. I think in a lot of aspects of, of that transition back to civilian life, but they've slowly kind of started to grasp a hold of some of that. And, and, you know, it's gotten better. Well, I think there's a couple of things that I take away from that. You know, if you're a, if you're a veteran or if you've gone through something traumatic like that, whether, whether you served or not, whatever, right? Like if you've gone, I know that's that fly, but if you've gone through something like that, right. You, you know, you know, you can pick yourself back up again and it gives you some hope. Like you said, I also, and I think I mentioned it while we were talking to her, but I just, in that, in that, acronym or that you know what a, a dream dream yeah right? yeah that are for resilience that takes that that's where I, you know I, I look back at that and kids we always say kids are resilient right yeah and what she learned growing up and she said that seed that has now blossomed yeah right like that's that resilience yeah of what your parents taught you when you were a kid and who you were and how you can still be despite how old you might think you are, how old you actually are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I was very impressed with her story and uh, I can't wait to read the rest of the book. Cause I, I read some of the excerpts out of yep. the book and it was yep. really, uh, you know, 
it just seems well written. It seems like a great story from what I could tell. And again, it's a lot of kind of that uh, pick yourself up and keep going. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I just think that's such an important story to tell. And, and it's also I think it's I think it's uniquely American when you can make it yeah. and then you have this significant sense of wanting to give back, of wanting to have an impact, yeah. of wanting to provide value to others because, you know, you've made it in the greatest country in the world. But but not only that, just because of uh, of the of the culture of growing up in in this country, yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and we talked about that with her at the beginning, man, and how that is sort of one of the things that we feel generationally is somewhat getting lost. Yes, it's it's that yep. really, you know, gritty American attitude of dude. You yeah. know, we're gonna find a way. We're gonna fight for our freedom. We're not just gonna lay down and give up, right? Or, or yeah. it's just that that I don't know how, how to say it other than that gritty kind of you know, and and knowing that she that was instilled in her parents who were immigrants from other countries that had already discovered that love for this country because of the amount of freedom they found here compared to where they were from. That's correct. The opportunities that they found here, that's where that love of the country comes from. And I think as we've seen generationally and generationally where it becomes, um, and, 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 so, and one of the things I read that, that was in her book was about kind of this abundance of uh, kind of easy living, right. That yeah, we've been yeah. given, um, and that's just, that's such a true story, man. And I think yeah. we're seeing that more and more and more. And, and it's, that's a question that I have for people is, you know, how do we drive that love for the country and that desire to want to make sure that we continue to push this forward for our kids, for our kids, kids, and that we don't lose sight of what our forefathers fought for and what, what the, what immigrants that come to this country love so right. much and become passionate about, I just want to see that I mean, fire get lit again. Yeah, man. you and her both used the word soft, right? Yeah, it right? has and, gotten and, and, soft, you and, know. And but to 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 that point, like what she went through, if she grew up in that soft environment, it, uh, there's no way where she's on this podcast. There's no way she writes a book. There's no way, no way, no way that she happens. enlists in the military. Man, right. and wants to fight for the country, right? right? Like. And, and she said specifically, not just fight for the country. She said, I want to fight. I wanted to fight terrorism. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's a distinct thing as well. You know, she, we just talked about, you know, right now, again, this episode will drop a little later, but we're, sure. we're in the midst of this disaster with Israel and, yep. and you know, the Hamas and all the stuff that's going yep. on there. And it's, it's this really evil terrorist, you know, driven actions. Right. And it just, and she said it too. And it reminds you that there's still a lot of evil in the world. And I think we got to be careful, man, not to rest on our laurels when it comes to that situation, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're not prepared, or if you're not preparing your kids, yeah. right, to be gritty, yeah, right, to 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 take a hold of a root, right, yeah. and hang yeah. on. Like, I mean, it's a disservice, dude. Who stops terrorism if nobody fights? That's right. It just goes on and on, dude, oh, and they take over the universe, and that's a really shitty place to be. So you're absolutely right. The good, the good has to fight evil. If, yeah. there's, if there's no good, man, the evil I, takes I, over. I, I mentioned this a while ago, and my friend Martin, who actually introduced me to Magda. Yes, and thank um, you, Martin, yeah, for that introduction. You. That was awesome. By always the way. had she was fantastic. Oh, remember, I've, I said this in a previous podcast. Always had under his email signature. The only thing for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Absolutely. Right. And that's part of the reason we started doing the podcast, exactly. right? It's like just to try to get people to talk and understand, hey, we got to continue to have these conversations and right. uh, make sure that we are aware and uh, awake. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. 
So good. Yeah. Wow. So American dream, American dream, the book.com is Magda's site where you can purchase the book. You can shop for fragrances, what have you. There's also Magda Khalifa.com as well. Just FYI for everyone. Dude. And check out her story, man. She's oh, yeah. got, if you do some research on her, she's got some cool pictures with president Trump. She's got, I mean, she's been around and, and just has done yeah, a we lot didn't of get into that. She's things. a, she's a big Trump fan. Is she? We yeah. Get yeah. Into that, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. 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 She's uh, she was very cool. And uh, just again, I really appreciate her taking the time to talk to a couple of nimrods like us so <laughs> that's really great so thank I haven't you heard, magda i haven't heard that word nimrod <laughs> i say that, that about green, you was that a, oh that's behind your back <laughs> wasn't that a green day album i think it was <laughs> oh my god yeah nimrod that's a terrible word that um, is a, it's a great word <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh for all of you guys thank you all for watching Indeed. the why not us podcast we appreciate all of you guys um we're still trudging along and and we want to talk a little bit more about the sponsorship situation we have available sponsorship opportunities so we want to talk a little bit about that we have some great guests we're in the mix of another one of these kind of big stretches of recordings yes uh, we have a ton of great guests coming on the next couple of days we i think do. we're going to touch on a bunch of different weird topics that are all going to be very valuable um and we're going to get to do a couple episodes of our own i think on some interesting topics which i still love to do too i think we can get into some interesting discussions with right. me, amongst ourselves right. yep. um and uh we just appreciate everybody helping us share yep. keep 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 watching us on spotify or wa or listening to us on spotify watching yep. us on the website or on youtube if, if that's if that's yep. your preference we're still on the idle time productions youtube channel if that's you want to find us there so yep. feel free to check those guys out idle time productions has helped us out a ton with getting the podcast out there so we want to that's say right. thanks to janita she's doing a fantastic job and matt so um yeah i think that's it man let's yeah. wrap this thing up and we'll right. uh we'll move forth to the next one yeah i love all it right. man good job all right it has to start somewhere it has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Oh!